The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Just Swing It podcast. I'm Chris. I'm here with John and Fat Baby Funds as normal. And um, we're here to talk about how shitty the market's been recently. Um, but before we get to that, how have you guys been? I know I wasn't here last weekend or last week, so I missed that conversation. But I'll listen to it at some point. But how's everything been going? Um, I know John's been beating Fat Baby at chess on a daily basis. No, no, no. I, I hang in there. Hanging in there. Is, no, 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 oh, no, hold up. What, what's the, what's the, so hey, do you win? Because hanging in there is, is still I'm losing. Not, it's <laughs> like, uh, John, John will know for sure, but it's like, he's won six, I've won five, and we drew like three times or something like that. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds accurate. I, got yeah. I think he's up one, um, and we drew a few times. I got you. I got to start playing a little bit more. Um, My wife's sister bought us a chess set for Christmas. And apparently she, Carmen knows how to play chess too. So we just haven't got to it yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll get into it. I actually got got a a wooden set here. That's what I, that's what we have too. It's like a wooden set. Yeah. They're nice. I like them with the little magnets and stuff on it. It's nice. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, I've just been busy with um, work. We had a guy, um, me and this one guy work on these projects together. Um, we have four projects down in Florida, but they're all basically the same people doing them, same contractors and stuff. He had to go to Kansas, so I'm basically taking over. I've been, like, doing all of um, all of the work while he's, like, not in the office. So, so it's quite a bit of work, so I've been pretty busy. I did start working out again. I didn't realize how fat I was getting. I mean, I, I could look down Dude, and life got to you, didn't it? It got to I me. Can, I can look down and you know, my only judgment of how fat I am is how much of my dick sticking out. And it he ain't very big to begin with. So <laughs> but um no, I was like thoroughly surprised. So I've, I've been going a couple of weeks now, but I, I never like weigh myself. And yesterday I saw in the locker room they had a scale. And I like ju- jumped on. So, John, I look exactly the same as I looked um, in Savannah. How much do you think I weigh? I have no idea. I'm not the person to ask this. I weigh, when I left today, I weighed 185 pounds. Oh, I think you used to weigh like 160 
160. So when I was running cross country in college, I weighed 160. In high school, I weighed 180. I was in hey. football. Hey, I, 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 I at least remember what you weighed in school. Well, that's a weird <laughs> thing to remember, John. Well, you, you know, we were uh, each other's best man. So, you know, I should know shit like that. But yeah, so I, I was pretty thoroughly surprised. I thought I'd be like super, super weak because I've been like lifted weights. Uh, basically since high school every once in a while in college because as a runner you don't really lift I actually you don't know it always i had to lose weight you weigh about 220 240 good guy i got i'm a big old boy now yeah, i used you probably, to be skinny you probably can't dunk anymore nope nope <laughs> can't even get off the ground <laughs> no, no I, was, I was surprised i i could still squat like over 225 and you know bench like 185 or something like that that's pretty good is that before you pick up weights <laughs> i had to throw that in there i don't get that one you know because you gain so much weight i didn't gain be- so much weight. i, I know like i'm just pounds. i'm just playing i'm just playing i got you <laughs> I, I, had some- a, I gotta take a jab or two shit at least something's going up in this um market condition <laughs> it, it ain't my my stocks it's definitely ain't fat baby stocks either. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, so I guess with that, we might as well get into it. Um, fat baby, what are you teaching us today? I was gonna talk a little bit on the balance sheet and inventory specifically. I think it's an area a lot of investors, depending on the stock, some stocks it's important, some stocks it's not important. Um, but Recently, I've, I've been looking at it a little bit more, and I'm in charge of the inventory department at work, actually, so I've got a little knowledge from there. So I've been looking at it more just because I, I think it's something a lot of investors start to ignore. And really what you want to do when you look at it is take a look at the days on hand. If you look at a company's cost of sales versus their inventory, how, how many times can that cost of sales go into that inventory because all of a sudden you may look at it and realize wow this company has three or four quarters worth of inventory and that's not great because there's carrying cost to inventory there's a lot of cost to inventory the other thing that you can notice and this is what i've noticed and we'll see if i'm right or not is when i'm looking at open door stock and are you guys familiar with what open door does isn't it in um, the real estate game as well? Or is that yeah, so they, oh. they They basically buy and sell houses. So if yeah. you know what like Carvana does, you can sell your house online, all that. Open Door does that. Um, and it's pretty wild because Open Door, what they say is their average day's inventory um, is 90, which means from when they buy your house to when they sell your house to someone else, they hold it for approximately 90 days, which is pretty quick turnaround to me. Um, But then all of a sudden they've been doubling, quadrupling their inventory. So if you follow that and you believe they're actually going to turn it, it's a good way to start to track someone's sales because all of a sudden when you look at um, open doors inventory, it's up to, six billion dollars when you look at their sales it's at like three billion dollars so, so then all of a sudden you got to start questioning is their days on hand really going to be 90 or is their days on hand 
um, higher than that, or are their so, sales going to skyrocket? So I got a quick question. So Open Door, so they're not just listing houses; they actually buy it from the person and then resell it themselves. Yeah. So you could uh, essentially request Open Door to come give you a quote on your house, and if you're in one of their 40 markets, they'll come and give you a straight offer for your house and to buy it from you. You set the closing date, um, a lot of stuff like that. So it's very friendly. So I know this is getting out of topic as far as us discussing inventory, but what um, what is making them successful that Zillow wasn't just their ability to negotiate prices and predict well, wasn't how much wasn't zillow they were trying to flip because, houses i don't think open yeah they're doors. just doing the same it's both items. that's a, that's the same thing they're just buying your house and selling it to somebody else well i thought i thought the difference was zillow was like trying to fix it up and then sell it versus i don't know about that i thought they'll both do a little bit of that so yeah i think they were just basically the trying to unload it yeah buy it unload okay. it for more so, so it, isn't this kind of like just, a very speculative was bad company? At prices. Yeah, yeah, so open door, it's the eye buying in general is very cyclical with the housing market. And there's a lot of concerns on whether during a housing downturn that the their business model, because it's going to be low margins anyways to begin with, because you're not going to buy a house for 300 and flip it for 600 well they're 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 having the assumption that the market's going to continue to go higher yeah. right i mean this is off appreciation it's not off of cash flow of like renters or nothing yeah so and it, it, it part of it is just they do get some benefit um from scale a lot of that kind of stuff but yeah there's got to be a shitty business at long term i mean yeah, but the, uh, there's well, a, there's options to it. There's bull cases for i buying. It's very friendly for the consumer um, because when you sell your house to Open Door, you don't have to worry about closing dates. You tell them exactly what closing date. So when you sell your house to someone else, there's always the hassle of I need to close on this date because I'm buying my house on that date, um, and then the other buyer can't do that. So then there's a all that so there there are definite benefits to open i would i would be interested to know if they were paying closing costs for some of these which would give people you know people would be more likely to cut prices down a little bit if you were you know spotting them up front i think i think think there's lower fees as well yeah Um, i think the thing with the business is like um it can be i think it can be good the um, if you're good at it It's, it's like you know, trade in the stock market or anything else. If you're good at predicting how much stuff is is worth in whatever area, and you're you know good at negotiating whatever that price is and predicting you know what you should be paying for it, um, then that's that's where you can make money. Because even to me, even if the real estate market went down, you know, as long as they don't have tons and tons of inventory when it crashes, if they're only keeping it eighty days or or whatever, then you know they're also buying in bad market times too. They're just yeah. getting but, different prices. But I mean, if yeah, you buy something today and the market's down tomorrow, you're at a loss immediately. Yeah, but they're, they own more than one house. So if they're doing it over, it's a, they're doing it over time what they own now, as long as they're not like buying tons of shit now at like super high prices and they get, they get stuck with it. That's when it's Which bad. is what will probably happen, honestly. Because yeah. it, it could be. So for instance, right now, they have six billion in inventory 
And so this jumps out to me because they say they're going to turn their inventory once a quarter, which is 90 days on hand, essentially. But if that's true, next quarter, they're going to do $6 billion in sales when they're only guiding for approximately $3 billion. Um, so when you take a look at this, there's something going on with this company. And you can find that by looking on the balance sheet. Um, and, and so to me, there's either one of two things happening. They're either going to crush their, their guidance or they're going to not meet that 90 days. And the reality is it's probably going to be somewhere in, in the middle where they're going to have approximately 120 days, um, but they're going to do $4 billion in sales and beat their guidance by 20, 30%. You just gave John the best short idea of all time. He's probably looking at it right now. No, it's a, so this one's a call. I do calls. So I've got calls on it right now in the short term. But if you want, if you want to place something during the housing market, something leveraged up um, puts against open during a housing collapse, the, the stock's going to tank like crazy. Um, so, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen right now. Maybe it will with interest rate hikes, because I think interest rate hikes drive down the pricing price of houses but inflation drives it up, so who knows? Yeah, it, it's really high right now, though. It, at yeah. some point, it just can't keep going up, like up and up and up. I, you know, places like where I live, and then, you know, we my company has an office in Spokane. We were just out there, and you could just see it. There's, like, people out there who are, like, they're, like, coming and knocking on people's door trying to buy, like, buy your house, so they can sell it. We somebody put something in our, our mailbox. Like we we just bought and sold this house up the street for way, way over this. You know, can we do the same with yours? Are y'all interested in selling and that sort of thing? So at some point, I think the housing market might might be a little bit in trouble because things are crazy expensive right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean open could get in trouble with that too, but they definitely benefit from the ride up as well. So they get that nice house appreciation for the 90 days it sits on its balance sheet. Um, but it could flip the other way too. So I'm not long open door. I What's think the ticker? A dollar open. Well, I think that's a thing Thing as well. You know, if they do, if, you know, if we do have a little bit of a market fall, you know, I, I don't know anything about the company or whatever. Um, you know, if, they're, if they've made a lot of money, so the same thing I guess can be looked at when the market, when the housing market shot up over the last like two or three years or whatever, if they were doing the same thing, they all, like you just said, they also benefited from that shoot up. So if it does, you know, follow a little bit and they, they, they take a little bit of a hit, um, you know, maybe it balances out somewhere where they're still pretty, you know, pretty decent profit. I don't know. Yeah. But I think the thing ones. with public companies are, like you said, every time they have earnings and they have to give guidance, you know, people, lose their mind if it's not you know if you don't meet what i estimated or or whatever else you can have like um you could be doing pretty good and j just you know what you say can can hurt you so yeah and that's why i so i got it's definitely a pure yolo um but i bought some 24 dollar um open door calls for dated like august 19th um, they were like $10 a call or something like that. Uh, 
but it's trading at like $9 right now. So nine to 24 is a wild swing. But when you go back and you look six months ago, it was trading at 24. And then I'm, I'm looking at their inventory saying, I think there's a chance they crush their guidance because if they're any close, anywhere close to what they say, how fast they can turn a house. And they have been historically turning houses within somewhere between 90 and 110 days. They, and so I, I do think it's real, whether it's real at this scale, because in the past they were doing a billion in inventory, not 6 billion during supply chain constraints. But that, I think it's an interesting play and that's what got me thinking on inventory, but there's other companies, for instance, Peloton, which has been getting destroyed. Uh, when you look at their inventory, you could start to see their inventory build up. And then last quarter, all of a sudden you saw their inventory shoot up and it's either a sign that, hey, they're, they're building up inventory for a massive quarter coming up or there's something wrong with the business. And this time it turned out it was mostly there's something wrong with the business. Um, and there's other ones when you look at it. So if you're ever dealing with a company, a lot of internet stocks don't need inventory, but other stocks that do carry inventory, always keep an eye on that line on the balance sheet. Cause it can, I think sometimes it's ignored by investors, um, but it can definitely give you insights into what's happening uh, in the business. What would you say the best way to, you know, compare those numbers you know, how far should you, you look back? I guess you can, you know, you can figure out what they were carrying a year ago compared to now or whatever else, but every, every business is going to be different. Um, yeah. So you can usually compare it to itself. And what you can do is usually on most of the financial websites, um, for instance, I've done it on uh, like trading view, you can go in there and type in days inventory outstanding or days on hand, whatever the metric they call it. And it will show you a trend of it. And if slowly creeping up or all of a sudden it's shooting up, it's worth asking the question. And anytime someone releases their quarterly earnings, um, a lot of people just, the only line items they'll look at on the balance sheet are uh, cash and debt. Um, but take a look at inventory as well and take an idea, understand if that's jumping up significantly, why is it jumping up significantly? Because managing inventory is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. So it can give you some secret insights. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I bet it would be hard because as a business, you don't want to have, you, you never want to be low enough where it's like you could be in trouble of running out because that's, you know, that's, that's bad too. And then having too much, if you're not selling is, you know, you're taking up space and you, you got all this old stuff sitting around that you, you can't unload. Um, but you're talking about when it starts shooting up, I you know, I guess the same thing would be, you know, what's your thoughts on when it starts uh, shooting down, which to me would signal that they don't have enough, you know, I guess, um, manufacturing power to keep up with demand. Where do you, yes. and you, you sort of got to step back and say, why is that happening? Usually it's a good thing because more demand than supply um, usually indicates some sort of pricing power or some sort of power in general, but you really got to step up and say, what's going on in general there. Um, I thought another interesting uh, thing I just heard today, uh, I, you guys know who Gavin Baker is? He's like a hedge fund guy. He's pretty famous. I was listening to him on Invest uh, Like the Best. And what he was saying was sort of interesting. He was talking about semiconductors and how there's a huge chip shortage right now. 
And what happens when there's a shortage, everybody hoards. So all these companies are carrying more inventory than they need because there's a shortage. And then all of a sudden, when that supply chain constraint is fixed, then all of a sudden people stop hoarding as much and it actually leads to less sales. So then all of a sudden these companies spend all this money to be able to meet this higher demand and then demand actually shifts down because once you meet that demand, people don't wanna carry as much inventory. Um, so okay. it, it, that's another idea for short on the semis because they trade at pretty crazy valuations. Um, so once we start to think that the semi um, shortage is ending, it, it might be an interesting put trade. And if you want another example on that, just think about all the people that bought all the hand sanitizer and toilet paper when COVID happened and then all of a sudden there's toilet paper again. And, and now you I, see hand sanitizer, like they're selling it at Goodwills. They're selling it at, yeah. they're giving now, it away. Now Billy Joe has 2,000 bottles of hand sanitizer in his barn. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You got anything else on inventory? No, just uh, I think it's a nice line item. So if you're ever dealing with a stock that that has some sort of clear inventory, it's always something good to look at because it, it, it can give secret warnings because inventory, managing inventory is hard. And if an inventory starts rising or falling, there's something going on there that it's worth diving into. All right, cool. Um, John, I guess this is your... 10 minutes or whatever of fame where you get to tell us how shitty the market's been and get to cut down all the buy and hold investors. So I'll, yeah, I, won't, I, won't I will be, put uh, my volume on mute and just let you go. <laughs> I won't be too hard um, on everyone, even though I have some strong opinions on that topic. However, we're going to look at the big four to start off with. Uh, volatility. Um, I know last week we were talking about it hadn't yet broke out. Well, it's officially broke out on a trending basis. S&P 500 on a downtrend um, breakout as well. So volatility up, market down. I would look for maybe some pullbacks here in the short term, but uh, it's on a trending basis. So I look for this to continue um, the next few months. Um, so I'm definitely not buying stocks here. Uh, something we talked about on the last couple podcasts was uh, the bond market. Uh, bonds, uh, rates had been, um, you know, they, they hiked rate or, or the market has anticipated the rate hikes of the Fed. And so yields have uh, went up and it's been a really good buying opportunity. Um, I've, I've been buying the last couple episodes I was talking about and uh, we were talking about bonds. So it's been a really good hedge here, especially with the market going down and another asset class to diversify away from just a stock portfolio. Because even though you're diversified among many stocks as an asset class, as you get more and more volatility, the correlations go to one and it becomes tougher to find stocks that go up in a down market. And so you need to look at a few other asset classes and bonds is... Um, a definite hedge to the stock market and then moving on to oil this is probably the highest market right now i would say that if you are looking for opportunities to either hedge your um, your stocks probably a short oil play here would be um, 
a nice little hedge uh, to your stock portfolio if you don't want to sell the stocks that you currently own. And then moving on to the dollar, the and I can you see my screen? Can you see my stock screen? Okay, so um, moving on to the dollar, the dollar had been strong uh, since November, but the last couple months has been kind of choppy uh, slash selling off to the downside a little bit, but having strength there in the dollar, which you will also see in uh, market sell-offs because people start to liquidate because of leverage problems, uh, hedge funds and other institutions uh, start to become too leveraged and they all have to run to, to cash um, with the increase in volatility in the market. You have the um, gold market, uh, and precious metals in general market, uh, it's been rising since uh, December and starting to break out to the upside too. It's another good play. I, I would, I'm actually long of of the metals market here. I think that it's another good diversification away from stocks. I think um, if you are just in stocks and you got in this market as a new trader or investor at the bottoms, because after we had the big sell-off, it brought a lot of new people in. And if you are one of those people that are new to investing and you were brought in after the big sell-offs uh, when coronavirus first started, uh, you might not be um, used to seeing the volatility that we're starting to see now, um, especially with uh, everything that's going on, a lot of uncertainty. So you probably need to look at some more markets to diversify yourself um, in asset classes, not just buying different stocks. So gold and precious metals, silver, platinum uh, is another place to do that. Bitcoin uh, is basically been trading down since uh, November. It's uh, at 36. It went almost as low as uh, 32,000. Um, and it's bearish trend too. I'm not buying any coins here. Um, it's it's a market that doesn't do well um, in market sell-offs. It's, it's correlation to the market is very strong as well. So so, so something to think about. The um, this is a market that I'm glad I got out of um, a few month, uh, probably a month or so back. Um, but it's a cheap play that's getting cheaper. Um, the the small cannabis uh, index here, and then you know just looking at volatility. Um, you know, in November, we did have higher volatility, but that was coming from a higher number. Now things had kind of settled down into that uh, 17 handle on the VIX, but now you're seeing a different breakout um, than what we've seen before. Um, and also you're getting market signals now that you weren't seeing then. So that's something to keep in mind. UVXY, leverage product of that, all things that we look at here. And uh, like I said, uh, to wrap all this up in a bow, um, I am looking for a little bit of a pullback in in the, I mean, not a pullback, but I'm looking for a bounce here in the market uh, before we head lower on the S&P 500. I would say VIX probably will go higher from here. I think that statistically speaking, oil 
usually tracks with the market. So I'm looking for it to go lower and I'm looking for precious metals to continue to go higher. You know, a lot of people thought that precious metals probably would have already had this move. Uh, given the inflation numbers that we had, and usually it's lagging a little bit, statistically speaking. So I wouldn't be surprised if we started heading higher towards gold's all-time high again. And once again, Bitcoin, I don't, I don't think it's a buy here yet. I would wait until um, the rest of the market continues to sell off, and we, we may get... We may not get a cheaper price here on Bitcoin. That's one that I'm not sure of. I don't know what its floor is, um, but you do have more institutional risk with uh, Bitcoin than you had before because a lot more uh, institutions are starting to accept it as far as investment opportunities. And if you see a big sell-off in the market and you see liquidation, that could move the price lower. Um, that's not something that I I really know where a floor would be on that. Um, but I'm definitely uh, not a buyer here of Bitcoin either. And um, yeah, just keep in mind that cannabis is still shit. So that's that's my market recap uh, there. I'm curious you guys' thoughts. Yep, sounds good. Um, Fat Baby, do you have anything on the market uh, currently or Bitcoin? First off, are you are you still buying Bitcoin or are you just like hoarding, you know, no, I, what you I, bought I have years ago? Too much, so I haven't been buying. I would. I'm definitely not selling. But it's just one of those things where there was a certain point when I got crazy high in my overall um portfolio and just valuation wise so i i haven't been if it keeps dipping i probably will eventually um just because I've, I've started to add enough other places where it's getting a little more comfortable um but long term i think it's a great buy and hold who knows what happens in the short term it's it's a wild market right now um growth stocks are getting killed a lot of stocks are getting killed i'm looking at a, a lot of uh, amazing valuations that I thought would never come back. Uh, Penn's trading at like 17 times earnings. Um, and I think they've got a lot of growth possibilities ahead of them. So things like that, I'm sort of looking at wondering if it makes sense to play some long-term options on them or something um, and, and figuring that out. But it's, it's a, it's a fun, crazy, terrible market, but yeah, I didn't realize how much penis has fallen. They yeah. they got to a high of like one forties, and now they're that was a long 44. time ago. They they their the all time high of one forty was like yeah, that was like was February. Like, yeah, but it was it was also it was like, March of twenty one. But I, yeah. I feel like it was also like a Monday, and like the week after, it was like lower one hundred. It was still high, but it was like it went to one forty, and then immediately kind of like. Dropped back on yeah the same month in march it went under 100 yeah it's back to, and then it hung around there for a while i know uh, that's your stock there there yeah I, so so are I you buying pin here am i buying pin yeah no i no you kind of made I, your bag and you're so, moved on. so i made a lot of money in pin i still own some pin but you know i don't want to keep adding while it's falling so i don't want to just continually add what's what about the dollar cost average bro yeah, so the dollar cost average <laughs> I, so i agree if i if, if um i wouldn't mind so i like i definitely like pin here at the price you just heard you know how much they're trading versus their earnings they they're one of the few stocks that have like a decent valuation right now but um i don't want to basically you know, there's there's other places I need, like you were talking about diversity a little bit. I need to yeah. have some money everywhere. I can't 
you know, just because pen's at a great price, I'm just, I'm not just going to keep adding the pen. The same as fat babies like Bitcoin. He's like, I would add here, but I I have so much of it, and I, yeah. I don't have I don't feel like I have so much of it. It's probably it might be like my fourth or fifth largest position. It's like not even at the top anymore. Um, but I was going to bring up pen because John said something about you know kind of like the hedge fund um, thing there. The one thing that does worry me about pen is i don't know the exact number i think it's close to like 80 percent is like owned by institutional investors which to me normally would be a, a pretty good thing that means large investors like pin but right they're putting a bunch of money in pin but the problem is kind of what you said when it starts dipping down like this if it keeps going they're going some of them are going to have to get leveraged out of it to make margin basically yeah, and that's that's what retail worries me. Sells more retail sells more than the institutions do, so you'll see more wild swings if the retail is higher. Than well, I, I mean, but, as far as institutions, about, I mean, like probably more like hedge fund, like leverage. Hedge, yeah, I, hedge I'm fund. talking about the hedge. So there was a report maybe like three, two or three weeks ago that was talking about um, how much the institutional investor, like how the the large amount of pin percentage wise, the institutional investors. And it was talking about, you know, if the the margin getting like kind of like pushed out a little bit because at some point they have to meet that. It's kind of like the opposite of the GameStop thing. You know, if they had it at $85 and we just keep going down, at, at some point that's going to be an issue. Yeah, because they got drawdown and limitations if, and, fun, and yeah. funds, uh, you know. So they, even if they don't want to, it, I mean – they, they may have to to cover something else. I don't know. Yeah, that's something that we've seen in the coronavirus sell-off. You had that big liquidation event um, that the market just went like straight down, like everything, like literally everything in on my screen during the March, um, February, March sell-off of 2020, I literally could not find one thing on my watch list that day. That was the, like the craziest day I'd ever seen. They, everything was red from bonds to gold to, and you don't see that unless you have a leverage system. And that's, I mean, it, it, we might not get to those levels again where everyone starts to, to, you know, have to liquidate because of leverage. You know, I don't think that this sell off, I mean, I'm definitely out right now. I mean, I'm I have a little bit of stock, but I don't see it being as bad as as coronavirus uh, 2020 sell off. But yeah, I don't know if we had. I mean, it, I mean, it could be. I don't know where you know. No one knows what their positioning is, but when you have markets that were just coming off of all-time highs, they were some people that was hella leveraged. And if you look at futures and options contracts um, on the market, the market still is pretty long. I mean, if you look at institutional buyers of the futures and option contracts, they're uh, still net long of, of uh, S&P 500 uh, futures and options. So, that hasn't even went negative yet. So they can still sell their book down and we have, they haven't even started to short the market. So, I mean, we could see, I mean, the, the sell-off can be much worse than it already has been. So. Yep. They're, they're not even hedged at this point. That That's what worries me is that 
if if they're not hedging because what a lot of um companies will i mean not companies a lot of uh, funds will do is they will have their stock picks and they'll short futures to hedge their stock picks and so if their stock picks do better than the overall market because you're generating alpha you get the difference so if they're not hedged here uh on options and futures contracts the institutions and they're levered long their stock picks i mean they could i mean once they get leveraged that's a lot of uh, I mean, as far uh, they could short this market, and if they go short, then we got a lot farther to go to the downside. I see that as being a, a risk, too. Yeah, I haven't been paying too much of attention, you know, to it recently. I just know it's down, down, down. I look at it maybe once or twice a day, pretty much it. I haven't really even been. I've actually been saving up, um, saving up in my accounts and some cash, so. Haven't been buying too much stuff here, here as of of late. Yeah, I heard that. I'm trying to get the exact number for the for the positioning of the of the market real quick. What about you, Fat Baby? Have you been buying anything in this or just? Yeah, always, always. Uh, I bought some Twitter. I bought some uh, Spotify. I bought some Square slash Block. Um, so I'm going to wait out some. So like Shopify was really cheap. Um, then it had a crazy like 25% bounce yesterday. Um, I was thinking about adding that. On some of these, I'm waiting till earnings because I could see a lot of stocks getting wrecked or, during this earnings season. So I want to keep adding to positions like um, Amazon, Shopify, all the e-commerce ones. But I'm worried that one bad quarter is going to send some of them down 20%. So I'd rather wait it out and wait till just after earnings to buy because it feels like there's more downward momentum with earnings than than upwards. So the CFTC non-commercial net long positioning of the market right now is 140,000 um, net long uh, S&P futures index um contracts that is 50 percent more than they have been in in the last year so they're still pretty long and we're in a sell-off you also have a like a 65 percent bigger short bond position so the market right now as far as like the commercial um or non-commercial positioning rather uh is still very short bonds and so i think everyone's piled on the wrong side here i think that you go i think that you go long bonds and short the market and then i'm trying to find gold here um The market's not, the market is actually, they're long gold, but they're under, they're underweight gold right now versus what they've been in the past year, according to this, this chart. So I think, yeah, I mean, oh, and oil, uh, oil is net, super net long, 453,000 contracts of crude oil right now. So I think every I think everything's on the wrong side of the market, right? As far as, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think I think we can just be in uh, 
I think we're, I think we're going to see some turbulence. I think we're going to have some days that, you know, we're up 3% and then we're going to have days like this where we're, we're down as well. I mean, for example, just like Microsoft's earnings today, they beat earnings and immediately dropped 5%. And then basically on the guidance, it pushed it back, back up. And then um, I guess the, the final straw was their, on their guidance or, and their numbers on like the, um, the cloud um, growth. I think they said they, they looked for it to grow about 46% and the expected was 48%. And it, it tanked after that, which to me, it's the same thing, whether it grows 48, 46, I'm, I would be happy either way. So I don't know. I think, think it's just going to be a wild ride for a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys, you got anything else you want to talk about before we, we get out of here? I know we started a little late on this one. Yeah, nope. started, started a little late, but um, uh, go ahead, Fat Baby. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I, I, I got all my rants out. I'm good. Oh, one uh, thing I did want to bring up. I don't, I don't know what's happened, so if you listen to this show, we're on to you. There, there's a lady or someone that may be using a fake name named Cheryl, who I think is using our email to like, you know, when people, they have you sign up for stuff. I think someone's like using our, our podcast email to like sign up for shit because I was going through the emails while I was waiting on um, you guys to be ready. And it was just like, every email was like Cheryl. It was like car insurance, like life insurance. And it was all to the same person, Cheryl. And then like, check this out. Let me see if I can share. Do you think we need to change the password? I don't think someone has our email. I think someone's using our email. So I didn't see anywhere where they were like sending emails. Well, I, I say we change the password just to be safe. Well, well, we can, but but you get what I'm saying. You know how yeah. like you go to Belk or somewhere, wherever, and they're like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Sign up for that. I think add. someone's using like our email to sign up for like shit to get discounts or or whatever else. But but this is what I found in here. So this is not. This was not sent. Well, I guess it was sent. Someone like sent the governor of Massachusetts a so, letter. So they do have our let, fucking let, email. Let me see if they sent it. I don't think they what I don't know if they we're probably doxing the shit out of us. Yeah, we're doxing the shit Anyhow, out of people. I'll, I'll look through to see if they sent it from this. It, I like received it. I, I don't know what I don't know. Basically, someone sent an email from our thing to the senator of Massachusetts, like um trying to get him to legalize sports betting. Oh, you didn't do this? No. Why would I send oh, a letter well, to Massachusetts? Well, shit. <laughs> we need to change the password on this, like, ASAP. This was back. So, this was June. Well, someone's got our shit. I mean, there's nothing in here that they can steal. I mean, all we use it for is to send the links back and forth, more yeah. or less. So, I mean, it's not like they're – but it, it's – I was looking through like, delete but they it. might be some. They might be some people's names that don't want their names yeah. known out. There. I was trying to delete like some of the stuff, and then I just found this email to the senator of Massachusetts. <laughs> he replied. <laughs> I mean, so they got a reply. Let's see what what he has here. He says, "Thanks for reaching out to my office regarding sports betting. I support sports betting and am working to build deliberate, responsible, and comprehensive legislation this session in the Senate to." legalize it in massachusetts <laughs> now to me this the, but the the thing is this looks like a fake reply to the email 
because I don't think a the governor's or senator's not doing their own email. I would think, but like the the signature is so shitty. With every good wish. Fat <laughs> <laughs> baby just wanted to point that out. <laughs> With- <laughs> I know I'm geeking at that. <laughs> but but yeah so this is so i i saw a bunch of things for cheryl i thought it was just like you know how people fish for stuff i thought they were just someone just picked the name i was like hey cheryl but like here's the woman signed it off with the the email cheryl sandoval yeah she gave her address to you doxing somebody i hope so she's hacked her email hope we docked the shit out she didn't put a phone number out we call her on the show <laughs> <laughs> Oh I, don't know. I, I just saw that earlier and thought that was like what? <laughs> Let me see if I can get this back. Yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, we should probably we probably should change it. I get yeah. Yeah, we'll work, I think so. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> hey, yeah. good good luck to you, Cheryl. I mean, I do own pen, so we we do support We're on the same page there. We do support legal sports betting in Massachusetts. Oh, that so just for uh, a quick minute, let's let's uh, go over football. I don't want to let us. You didn't oh, let us last time. Football, football, okay, football, football, yeah, football. I just I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about the Tom Salznoff video. We're getting to that eventually. Yeah, but I think that's going to take a long time. I'm no, no, no. I'm fine with that. Now. But let's just talk about football. football. Listen, football I was, weekend. It, this weekend was the best football weekend of all time. It's pretty crazy. Unless, hey. you're, unless you're a fat baby. But from <laughs> a viewer's – he's a that, Packers that fan. That Packers game was not a He's game. a Packers fan. The 49ers oh, yeah. did nothing, and they won on pump block, basically. Yeah, yeah, I was rooting for Green Bay on that, too. I was pretty upset. But, well, I, hey, Tom Brady, I thought, was going to come back and win that game. I was so mad. Uh, I was about to Rams, bust my TV. The Rams blew it. They were, like, blowing it. They were just giving the ball. That oh, dude, yeah, I know. That, that I was fumbling, so mad. If I, if, I don't, that, that guy fumbling that ball there was crazy. It's like, what are you doing? Just, like, fall down yeah. and punt it. Right. I don't know. It was insane. They were Thank winning. God like, they won the game. Though. They were winning twenty-seven and three. The pr- the problem for them is, and you know, San Francisco played so bad against Green Bay. Besides the defense, the defense was awesome. I guess. Um, this was really Matthew Stafford's um, you know, year being out of Detroit to finally get to a Super Bowl. The 49ers have beat the Rams six times in a row, and both times this season. Oh wow! The 49ers may make the Super Bowl. Wow, they had they've had some pretty good years. Yeah, but this year, so this year they wasn't even going to make the playoffs. They had to win the last game against the Rams. Yeah, they barely they, got in. They were they were losing by seventeen points and came back and won the game. The Rams yeah, the, are no. The Rams has got to stop, you know, screwing the games up. Keep your lead, win the game. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the problem is. I I, I think it may be they they turn it down too soon and said just play in the normal game plan. It's just like, hey, let's just. Let's just cut it off. Yeah. And try the coast because it's happened multiple, multiple times. Yeah, they start to get a little too safe and then they end up fumbling and doing some crazy stuff. I do think it's a really good year for football because you have, I mean, other than like, you know, Mahomes, you have a pretty good diversified. Yeah. The wild wild card week was the worst weekend of football ever. They, every single game besides the Cowboys and 
49ers were And then Bengals. Then Bengals. The Bengals. The, uh, yeah. I bet I'm probably going to bet the Bengals this weekend, not to win, but the spread is outrageous. And they just beat the Chiefs two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah. The, I guess week 17, they, they beat the Chiefs. So they're seven point underdogs. And I think the weekend they beat them, they were like three points. And the Chiefs don't cover. So they're like one of the, I think the Chiefs are the worst team in the league. Covering the spread, the last yeah, because they years. don't play in the set in the first half, and they have to come back and win in the second. Well, that was this season. I think the problem is they're so good, the spread's always inflated. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it never the actual number. backdoor covers because they're just doing shootouts. Yeah, half the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the other thing that yeah, so every every game this weekend should have went to overtime. Every single one of you think about it should. So the the Titans Bengals was guaranteed overtime, and Tannehill tried to bite off a little too much and threw that pick, basically set him up. The second game um, that day, the Packers and 49ers, the 49ers did nothing all game and then blocked that punt, and it was 10 10. And then they had their best drive that last drive. Then you had the Rams thing where Stafford hit that 80 yard bomb. And then you got the Bills Chiefs, which did go into overtime, but how about um, there's a coin flip of who won the game? Yeah, it's the shittiest that decided rule. it. It's the shittiest rule in sports. It, it is. I don't. So the the way it used to be, if you didn't watch football the until recently, the overtime rules used to be the first Both team teams that, got a ch- no, no, no. The, it used to be the first team that scored no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. back in the day, you field used goal to, or anything. Yeah, you could just get in field goal range, hit a field goal net. But when they changed that to um, both teams get a shot. I don't understand why they put in unless the the first team gets a touchdown. That that makes yeah. zero sense. I don't understand why that would ever. Yeah, be I mean it's there. really not fair when you just it's like not, look at it. Objectively. Mahomes said that in the press conference. I think they asked him about it. He's like, "Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> this is a bad rule." Yeah, because whoever won that coin flip was going to win the game. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if that doesn't get changed this year. That one. It should have never been a rule like that to begin with. Yeah, I mean, you got it. Honestly, what it should be is you should just give them ten minutes or however yeah. long, and let whoever is at the, up at the end of it wins. Yeah, like basketball. Why does well, it guess, have to be a score? Yeah, I guess in the playoffs you got to play until till it's over either way. But yeah, I, I think the thought in the rule was in regular season where you can have ties and the quarter only being ten minutes. That if someone scored, they're going to eat most of the time. I think that was the thought. I don't know. They said it's player safety, but that it just doesn't it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, that sucks for the Bills. I mean, they did they, every they done jo- a good Josh Allen did every single thing possible to win that game and still lost. By a Patrick, coin flip. <laughs> yeah, but even I mean Patrick Mahomes scored with 13 seconds left. Yeah, I know. But yeah, 13 that shouldn't have happened. So this is one of my other gripes. It's teams like backup, and I understand they don't want to get beat deep, but you could see that. I told as soon as they, as soon as they, um, you know, as soon as the Bills tied, I, I told Carmen that they're going to back up, and he's just going to throw a short pass, eat up half the yards, and then give. Then basically, if you do that, you have one chance to get in field goal range. So you so, either get, so if you either get in field goal range, or you throw a. If you if it's incomplete, then you just throw a hell mary. 
So he was going to have that one chance to get in the field goal range. To pick on uh, to pick on the Cowboys because I'm feeling down about the Packers. Um, at least they didn't do a QB sneak in that situation. I love the Q- so I'm a I'm a it was I'm a, terrible. No, I'm a defender. I love the play call. The problem I think that everyone's bitching because it didn't work out. If if that would have if that would have worked out, not one person would have been saying a thing. They would have been saying that's the that's the best call of all time. It was a great call. The issue was Dak tried to do too much. He why did he just he should just fell down at like the thirty yard line and took the why, time. Why out. not throw it to someone faster than Dak? Why not put because it was wide open wide. because but because they were covering everyone. Dak that got them. That quarterback sneak was wide open and got them in a position that you could throw a you could actually run a play to score a touchdown he just went he just ran too far like then do do something else do someone faster where you can get it but you have to complete the pass is what i'm saying that nobody guarded him at all that was a that was kind of like the first kansas city play that was a free 20 25 yards right there that you can get and you took up 15 seconds so instead throw throw he he had 13 he had 13 seconds but if you if, if he you, used every single one of them, yeah. But if you if you run my, again, again, my thoughts is it it worked. If he falls down at the thirty yard line, it they get the ball, no problem. The problem, but you, you're getting what? It, I don't I don't know. I'd rather fat baby's like he had thirteen seconds and he used every one. But if so, if you throw a pass there, though, if you if you throw a pass there, though, you eat you're going to eat up four or five seconds, and it can be incomplete, and you didn't did nothing, and still have to throw a hail mary. By running that play, you don't have to throw the hail mary. By running that play and burning every second on the clock, well, you again, can get some great memes. Again, great I, memes. I I am I'm saying he did he did too much. He. He should have looked up and seen the the clock. But have you seen at, some of the memes on that? They were fantastic. Beautiful. But but at, but at the same time, I also think they should have been able to get the the playoff. The the ref wasn't paying attention at all. That yeah, that's they enough. Didn't leave enough time. They they, they left three seconds. The refs got to go in there and touch the ball. And but that's out. what I'm saying. That's another stupid rule that. Yeah. But I, that, I, they knew so, that. They know that. Yeah, they, they knew that going in. No, understandable, but. But what I'm saying is that's another one I think has to get changed. I think once the play's over, the clock should stop until the ref sets the ball every time. Because yeah. it's because otherwise, how is yeah. it their fault that the that this fat 55 year old dude can't run 40 yards? Yeah. No, I, I mean, mean that, I, that I like I like fat babies arguments. It's cracking me up. I, I thought <laughs> it was a decent. I thought it was a decent play. <laughs> he said. Yeah, and he used every single second of the game clock. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I thought that in that game, I thought there was a very low chance that they had a chance at the end zone anyhow. So I don't know. By running that play, you gave yourself one real, like a real chance. Otherwise, it's probably going to be uh, everyone go deep and throw it. Just yeah, throw a real it good chance to run the clock. <laughs> If he had one more second, they would have got the ball off. <laughs> I don't know. McCarthy's an idiot. It was dumb. I've I enjoyed I, this podcast. I thought it was a decent play. But um, who's going to the Super Bowl? It's hard to damn tell at this point. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be the Chiefs 49ers. Ooh, I like the Rams. I, I'd go for the Rams. 
Chiefs want, and Rams. I want the Rams to go. Or Bengals and Rams. That'd be I'll cool. go Bengals and Rams. Keep it keep it different. I don't want the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I think, you know, something different would be nice. I don't know. I, I want a good game. I, I hope the Rams win. I'd like to see Stafford win. Yeah, um, for sure. I Stafford, but I don't know. There's been too many games now where they just buckle. Not and not him. He did not not really him, but just in general, just across the board. But the one thing I'll say, John, on on your side, since you're an Eagles fan, the NFC looks like they're in trouble. The AFC is freaking stacked with talent. All of the all of the quarterbacks in the AFC are like damn good. Uh, I know, but the NFC's. Hey, you gotta stay true even through the shit years. Who does it? So what? What good quarterbacks are in the NFC right now besides Dak? Like good up and coming QBs. He's up and coming. He's uh, really it, right? Just Dak. Oh, I mean, there's a bunch of younger ones. So you not in the NFC, in the AFC there is no. But you got up and coming. So like, if you're counting Fields, you're counting like all the young guys. Yeah, but Phil, I'm talking up and coming people who look like they're going to be something. I don't think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Don't think he will be. He hasn't showed anything to show yeah. that he – so the people I'm talking about has at least showed that they may be something. Well, he hasn't know, showed – he could be good. He hasn't showed anything. So, I, so honestly, if the Eagles have picked the wrong quarterback for, like, several years here, like, um, I think Minshew honestly could do well. Nah. I, I don't mind Hurts as the quarterback. I just don't – he's not a – I mean, he's not ever going to be talked about. He can win you games if you run the right – I don't think he's got what it takes. I he's, think I got, get, He's got more Minshew. I think Minshew just hasn't had a really complete team yet. I mean – No, I think Minshew got a lot of um, – you know the way he looks and his mentality. Hey, got listen, a lot he of played in the, he played in the Dallas game. And he got his ass beat. No, I mean he was playing with backup everything, and he played well. Like he really played well. I mean we're not going to keep him, of course, but I still think Minshew would be a good quarterback somewhere else. So I, I think Hertz is actually not bad. He's terrible. He's, no, he he's I not think bad. He, he's terrible. I think he's a. I think he, you can win games. I think he's a system. He's, he's an athletic guy that can throw. He's a shit. system quarterback. If he's you put, a system that needs to be got rid of. But, but that's not what I'm talking about. So he he's not in the conversation either because he's just like. No, he sucks. For for example, and again, people are going to hate this take. Jimmy G is a system quarterback. You win you win freaking games if Jimmy G is your quarterback. He's He's not a he's not a top of the league quarterback, but he went you win football games if he's your your quarterback. Yeah. Same same thing I think could be Fields if he keeps you know if they. Well, what do you think Rodgers is going to do next year? You think he's going somewhere else? Yeah, I I think he. he, I mean, there's a lot of rumors he might stay. We might just re-sign Devontae for a year, then he stays. He's gone too. You think so? If Rodgers goes, Devontae's gone. I think Adams goes first. He's well, we can franchise him. Yeah, I guess so. I guess he, either they both stay or they're both it, gone. Yeah, they, they both stay or both gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the only way it'll work out. But yeah. Pittsburgh, maybe. That's mm-hmm. the that's the rumor. Hey, 
You know, I think I think you do. I think. What about the Saint? What about the Saints? Ooh. Oh, you see where? Oh, 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 you can hold up. I'll take that back. You can't. The Saints are in cap cap hell. They they can't sign him. Well, you see where their coach retired. No, he stepped away. He said he. I mean, he said he wasn't retiring. Step down is what I meant. Yeah, he he said he wasn't retiring. But I mean, he's 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 out for the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what will happen. With He'll Rogers. definitely go somewhere else. But Someone not, will boot their, their head coach and get him. So, the there. rumor is that he's in line for a TV job, and a lot of these TV jobs pay outrageous money. And it's so much less stress. So, if he can go, you know, talk on TV for triple the pay and not have to coach, sounds a lot better. Yeah. That, because that, what, what's crazy is that – Doing the entertainment or like the the like you said the um the on air stuff. There's so much people consuming that almost as much as they're consuming sports. Yeah, I mean, why would you coach if you can get paid? You already it's a lot of money too. I, yeah. I I think the ESPN deals are more than coaching, or pretty or at least similar, and it's way less work. I would think. I yeah, you know. just got to watch the game and tell your no, thoughts. No, they, and they do more than that. They like. They got a game – basically, a lot of them game plan the same. So, like, Tony Romo, I think he game plans the same as if he was playing the game as far as, like, watching film and stuff. Right, because you got to know, like, what the tendency is. So, you, and, so you're like, yeah. And they have to – He does a have, damn good job, by the way. Tony I like Romo him. You're, so, people are either on one side or another. I think he does a good job. He's great. What are you talking yeah, about? I think he does he's a He's fantastic great. as an announcer. Yeah, I think he's entertaining. I mean, he, and he like puts in there, there's there's film on him like predicting like everything the Patriots. Well, I don't even care about that. I I, I just think I mean, but that's good. I mean, who yeah. else is doing that? The like, one he knows thing, the shit. The one thing I hope comes back, and I watch it every time I was on, is when they do the the Monday Night Football with um the Mannings. I watched that every time. It was awesome because yeah. it's like sometimes. So the Monday Night Football, it's like a random game. You're not so. If it's not my team, you, you may not be completely into the game. It, it's like cool. Ha- they have like guests on and talk to them, and they'll. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool compared to the original broadcast. I wouldn't want every game to be like that, but you know, the one night a week, I think it. I think it works pretty good. Hopefully, they add Cooper. He's funny as shit. <laughs> but, yeah, there's. It, it's interesting as we go into the next. Uh, Error of quarterbacks, I guess. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, the AFC, right now, the up-and-coming quarterbacks, Lamar, who you could say what you want, but he's, he's been pretty good. But then you got, like, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I mean, all of those are up-and-coming AFC quarterbacks, right? <laughs> Wait, um, where is – I haven't kept up with – where is uh, Lawrence or – He's in the Jaguars. That's AFC. Yeah. So all they got good him court- too. All, yeah, if he turns out, which he should. But part of their problem is that it's the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what that was my like thing with like Minshew. Like he hasn't really been on a place where he could really do anything. And he done what he done pretty good with what he had, I felt. But like. the problem is he won't really ever get that opportunity because you gotta they're not just going to put you 
you know, you got to earn it at camp. I feel right? like he, I feel like he had he has. But I'm saying, it. but you, but you got to earn it every year at camp. So he's always maybe in the. If you're on a team that doesn't have like a set in stone quarterback, so he would have to go to one of the teams that have one of these like, you know, it's close. But then they have to go to training camp, and you know he has to compete, and he's probably always skill wise at training camp going to get beat out. the re- The reason it works is sometimes in the game he, you know, he has a little bit of edge to it. But him. I mean, that's like Brady, though. You know, you know, skill wise, Brady's trash. But Brady I mean, looked not now. I mean, Brady he turned into phenomenal. But he, yeah, uh, but I mean, um. But Brady lucked into it, right? Remember, there's an injury. Oh, yeah. So something like that would have to happen. It's it's not like Brady won the job at training camp. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. He's not going to win at training camp, but he has to I feel get like in if he the gets an opportunity somehow. at a good team instead of the Jaguars or the Eagles, because let's be honest. But those are always going to be the teams because those are teams that don't have quarterbacks. Yeah. He's not going to go to the Chargers and beat Justin Herbert out no matter what. I mean yeah. – <laughs> I don't know. Special circumstance would have to happen, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be like one of these. But I do think, I do cases. think, as far as like playing an actual game, I, I think that he is better than Hurts. I mean, but I he think... also isn't he? He's small too. Like he's not tall, but he also isn't fast. Like he doesn't have any athleticism. Yeah. at all to him. But I, I mean, know. like I said, in the Cowboys game and from the other games I've watched him play, not necessarily with the Eagles, but. I thought that he done really well, but I like Gardner Minshew. I think he's set up basically to be a, a backup. One of these really good, one of these backups that goes all around the league, but are in the league for the same amount of time as like Tom Brady. So like some of these guys that are backups, they just 15, 16 years in the league. To be honest, it's probably better. You make tons of money. You have no pressure on you. <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is get get um really good at reading game film and game planning and you, you'll always have a job because a lot of times the teams get backups that are are really good at like that sort of stuff assisting like, the uh, yeah like uh, actually yeah. watching film and stuff because a lot of times if you look at teams their backup it's like well there's these tons of other people who are way better free agents but that guy's the the backup and it's it's more because of the experience and being able to actually assist on a daily basis not, right you're at you're a, you have a role on the team yeah, other than going out and playing because if you're just a good backup but you can't do any of that then your only role on the team is wait till this guy gets hurt if you're not doing anything else so you kind of need a backup who's like doing something but i think mm-hmm. backup quarterbacks make i mean they make more than some positions starters yeah good <laughs> job to have i think um it's probably the best job in professional sports i would think I don't know the kickers. Kickers got all the pressure though, and they get well. They get yeah. Game. They they fuck up a lot. So and it, but yeah, and only it only takes a couple, and you're out. What of a what job. about punter? You just punt. Again, if you're not good, you're out of a job. What about backup punter? There is no backup punter. It's a <laughs> kicker. <laughs> There's absolutely no back. I think I think quarter the backup quarterback's pretty good because I'm pretty sure most cases now probably not all cases if your backup's a younger guy. Like, for the Eagles, probably not because he's a younger guy. But, like, a veteran backup quarterback, I would doubt even sees the practice field. He probably are, are on the sideline with the first team. The third, the third string is running scout. Remember when Mahomes was out and they had that backup quarterback come in? He was yeah. good. He was a hot – yeah, so you don't know him? 
Huh, Ch- no. Chad Henney, he, he's a veteran. He used to play for the um, – he played for the Dolphins for a long time. He, he was a high school football coach that they called and was like, hey, can you just, like, come play this weekend? I know, and he, he done great. Yeah, but – I mean, to be out of it and just to come in and win a couple games, like, it ain't – that's what I'm saying. That's just being good at being a backup. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's real knowledgeable at football. So it's like you can come in a week and like, you know, that, you know, like the terminology. So you can just like get the concepts. And, okay. We can go play right away. There's no like prep. But, but, but this is the thing that they like called him out. Of but at nowhere. the same time, he also still plays for the chiefs who have some of the best weapons in the league. Well, yeah, but just that you can go into a stadium and play at that level, that's not easy to do. I don't know just how long. Off. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I don't know how long he was in the league, but it was a while. So it uh, wasn't like yeah. he was like, I don't know. It, it wasn't like he was just random guy off the streets. Like he. Well, he no, not completely, but still, I mean, I was impressed. The Colts tried it. So Carson Wentz. Um, had that COVID thing the last um, towards the last week, and he it looked like he wasn't going to get to play because he had set out of practice, and he got cleared like last second. Um, they they called Philip Rivers to try to get him to come. He hit he was the same situation, a high school football coach. They were like, "You played last year, can you just like come play this Sunday? We'll pay you for Sunday." <laughs> That's wild. That's a wild situation. I feel like. I think I think it's one of them things where once you've played, you know, once you've done it for fourteen or fifteen years, unlike some of the other big positions, a deal I, I think it's yeah. So this is going to sound weird because the quarterback's kind of the hardest, most important position. But I feel like a guy who's played, you know, twelve years or whatever in the league is much more likely to be able to come off the streets than if you got like like if Terrell Owens, if you got him off the the bench with no practice, I don't think it's the same. Yeah. That's interesting. Because he's not, like, in shape or anything. Like, you have to be in, like, shape. Whereas <laughs> quarterback, you probably don't even have to be in that good of shape. Just because if you think about it, I mean, you're going to hand it off most of the time and stuff like that. Make a couple throws. You just got to be able to step in the pocket, step back in the pocket from the hike fast enough. Yeah, and it's all it's it's going to be all easy concepts because you don't know the playbook. Like, yeah, if you come sure. in a week, you can't learn the Chiefs playbook who's – it's like the most plays anyone has. So it's going to be like, hey, we're going to do these things. Right. I guess – and the other thing I think it helps in the NFL that you don't have in like college or high school, they have – they have. Um, I, I think college, some of them, I think they maybe do now. There, there's a microphone in the his helmet. Right. So like between a certain amount on the play call, clock, the coach is like talking to him. So like you don't even really need to know the play, just be like, Hey, have him run a slant, run this, and these are the words, and just say them. It works out right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pretty wild. It's it's certainly hard. Yeah, it's wild. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk to you guys later. We, we kind of got sidetracked there. I kind of forgot we was in the show. My fault. Hey, no, but we got straight. some. Uh, always we got some regular conversation. You know, we're forgetting the things even recording, so that's a good thing. We're getting better at this. Yeah, I always talk about football. Hell yeah, it's turned into a, uh, a finance, sports, and gambling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, you want to sign us off? We'll see y'all next week. See ya. All right, see y'all. <laughs>